Aloha and good afternoon or good morning, everybody. It's morning time here in beautiful Honolulu. I welcome everyone to a very special World Tourism Network event in cooperation with Etobo News and Livestream.Travel. Um, today, we're going to be uh, talking about world travel market, WTM, different from us, what is WTN, what of course stands for World Tourism Network. I also wanted to recognize uh, some of our most uh, loyal participants, Stephen Brown, for example. He's been, I don't think he ever missed a session. He's in New York, British guy in New York, former American Airlines. And I wanted to also uh, recognize, especially Professor Snow White. I cannot really pronounce her real last name, but Professor Snow White is in Serbia. And she's uh, running our educational um, interest group. Now, just uh, for those that are live on Etobo News and that are watching on our social media, let me just explain who we are. Um, the World Tourism Network was uh, emerged out of the rebuilding.travel discussion. We started back exactly about a year ago. It's a little bit less than a year ago in March during a non-existing ITB trade show in Berlin. And it was a joint event when we started together with the Pacific Asia Travel Association PATA in Berlin. And um, even though ITB did not take place, we had a mini event at the Grand Hyatt Hotel um, in Berlin and kind of um, are the pioneers talking about Corona when Corona, when no one really knew what, how, how bad it's really, um, it, it could really get. In the meantime, a World Tourism Network, we have, uh, close to 1400 members. These are about a thousand full members and 400 observers in 126, actually 127 countries. We just added some kids, I have to say. So 127 countries around the world. So that makes us quite international. And many of you who are on the live audience have attended uh, many of our events. We had daily events in December leading to the official launch of WTN and um, and many of you, like Stephen, has been on almost every event. The, the, the way we keep it is really um, not really in a way that two people speak and everyone else shut up. We want this to be interactive. So you can ask questions. Yes, there is a chat room. But to be honest with you, it's, it's quite hard to monitor the event and look at the chat. So easier is that if you have something to contribute, just raise your hand. There is a blue button on the right side, you can just raise your hand and we can see this and we give you the microphone. That makes it more personal too. Don't be shy to show your camera. Um, and uh, so we know who's behind it, if you can. But And uh, it'll be a fun event because this time the world uh, travel market, of course, is something all of us know. And I think most of us attended someplace in the world. We all miss WTM in London in November what uh, became for me, at least for the last 20 or even more years, a yearly thing to go to. And there was no London. I mean, I feel like lost. I still got my subway card here and hopefully it's gonna be good next year. Now, I also wanted to welcome um, my co-host, uh, Dr. Peter Tarlo. Uh, Peter is uh, based in College Station, Texas. Um, and uh, we've been working together also with uh, Dr. Taleb Rifai, who might be joining us a little bit later. He was the former Secretary General for the UNWTO. And Peter, how's everything in Texas? Mute. 
Everything is great. I'm looking forward to this session. Uh, I think it's going to be really interesting. And I see this session is really uh, one of the ways that we can begin to rebuild uh, travel and tourism. And maybe we're coming, hopefully, to the outside, to the other side of the tunnel. Um, let's hope so. And let's hope that uh, we get really tourism back on track. Uh, I know I'm ready to go. I had my second vaccine uh, last week. And so I feel like I was now given, it was like a third PhD. Uh, uh, it's a, I feel like I'm back in the world and ready, ready to go. So I, I'm looking forward to this session. I'm sure it's gonna be a really interesting one and we'll make comments along the way. So welcome to everyone. Seja bem-vindos. Um, welcome to everybody. And uh, Brazil is a great country. Uh, so this will be a wonderful experience both from the Brazilian experience and also from the tourism experience. Yeah, and of course, Peter um, uh, Ruben is joining us from Argentina. That, that is very important. He's in the neighborhood. And uh, of, of course, Brazil is only one part of um, world um, uh, of, of the of read exhibition read exhibition i think is going to start off with a live event if i understand this correctly for the arabian travel market in dubai in may i believe and i have to say i've been to i think every single arabian travel market since you started and it's something i'm looking forward to but how how safe is it to travel i mean we all need to get the vaccine at least that would put us at ease and we're making progress and it's kind of a brave decision it may not only be just brave it may also be an economical decision but we will hear more from our two uh, guests today we have uh, simon mile he is joining us i believe from sao paulo he's with reed and uh, her colleague natalia and uh, welcome simon so the floor is yours thanks for <coughs> participating Nuestros padres no tenían que ir al gimnasio, tenían que hacer, no tenían estrés. Entonces, por ahí en vez de viajar, arreglaban la cocina, o compraban un mueble, cambiaban el auto. Hoy, en tiempos actuales donde la tecnología, la invasión, el estrés, hacen indispensable el viaje como una razón casi de tratamiento de salud. Cuando usted ve diversos, eh, diversas empresas presentes aquí en el evento, al mismo tiempo que las pueden... É, realizar o sonho de uma pessoa que está indo viajar para um determinado destino, de uma família. É, se alguma coisa sai errado, é o sonho que está dando errado. né? Então, tem muita responsabilidade nisso e acho que todo mundo que está aqui no evento se esforça para fazer com que essa experiência, essa viagem ocorra da melhor forma possível e todo mundo volte com boas lembranças. I just feel that my job is very important because, uh, you know, I'm, uh, I'm thinking about uh, when I'm telling people about how to come to my destination, helping them to do that. Uh, I'm doing a great job to connect people. I think that's uh, the best thing that I could ever have done in my life. Trabalhar no turismo é como ser um mensageiro de, de felicidade. E quem não gosta de dar felicidade para as outras pessoas e para si próprio? É, a 
indústria do turismo é algo que é muito, muito, muito importante. Estar en esta industria es mágico y viajar es, es para todo ser humano una recompensa. Ser parte de esto es mucha responsabilidad, es un compromiso. Son experiencias que no se olvidan, que se comparten, eh, que son de crecimiento personal y ya son parte de nuestras vidas. Cambia a las personas de todas maneras. live how others live in their country, get a little sense of culture and uh, take it home and, and in most cases, you know, bring that piece back home, uh, change others' lives and go, hey guys, there's other ways to do things and, you know, just have a different, open, more of an open mind. Open mind opens all the doors. When you learn more about the others, you understand more about the people, understand more about different cultures and that makes peace to the world. This is why people must travel. Thanks so much, Jürgen. Thank you, Peter. I am really impressed with your knowledge of Brazil and Portuguese. It's, it's, it's great. Uh, and, and I love being part of this group. It's making me feel truly like a global citizen again. With my, uh, British friends in New York, uh, Serbia, Argentina, all here together. It's really fantastic. And thank you for that kind introduction. Um, it sounds, Jürgen, to me like you've been to more of re-travel exhibitions events than I have. Um, but I have been with the company for 11 years now. Uh, I was born into a family of travel professionals. My, my parents met working in a travel agency actually. Uh, but then I fell into the world of, of uh, exhibitions and ended up in the world of travel exhibitions. So uh, what was in the blood uh, merged with what was uh, kind of in the brain at the time. Uh, and here we are. So I'm, yeah, I'm responsible for World Travel Market in Latin America, uh, based out of here in Sao Paulo, as well as uh, our international luxury travel events uh, in the Americas. So ILTM North America in Mexico, ILTM Latin America also in Sao Paulo. And our newest event, Proud Experiences, which is for the travel trade, looking to improve the LGBTQ travelers experience and that takes place in New York. But you're absolutely right, our first event of the year uh, is set to be Arabian Travel Market in Dubai, uh, and that'll be in May of this year. And then uh, we will have a virtual only event, which will be WTM Africa, uh, that's taking place in April, but I'm sure you'll agree, we are all uh, desperate for human connection. Um, whilst we're all embracing the value and the incredible power of digital that brings us all together from around the world uh, in very different time zones, uh, we are really missing a human connection. Uh, we're, we're, we're missing really looking in the eyes of somebody 
uh, feeling the the emotion, the, those intangible aspects uh, that we get, and I and I really believe that for travel and tourism as a sector, you know, the whole reason I travel is to understand people, uh, understand different cultures, to connect with people. Uh, so I, I I think we we need we need those travel events uh, to bring that connection alive. <laughs> Wonderful. I mean, now I think probably what everyone wants to know, how safe is it? Should we travel to Brazil? Brazil is uh, unfortunately still leading. I think it's one of the leading countries and it's not a good kind of place to lead a number of infections and death. Um, many say the president in Brazil has ignored the problem for the most part, what caused uh, a lot of for these numbers to increase kind of in the same boat as we are here in the United States. So how do you see what type of live audience are you attracting? Is this going to be like a domestic audience? Are you looking for international audience? How do you keep the place safe? Well, many questions all in one, but I, but I, I, I and they're all brilliant questions, Jürgen. And I think firstly, and most importantly, the, the biggest thing I learned throughout the COVID pandemic, and certainly as things progressed, um, everyone's level of comfort is very different. And I think we, we have to respect everyone's level of comfort and, and kind of treat them as such. I, I've had the, the fortunate opportunity to travel to the UK in August from Brazil and back to Brazil and travel around Brazil, which we've, which I believe I've done in a, in a very responsible way. And every company that I've traveled with or, or hotels that I've stayed in over that period have done so in a, in a very responsible way. Um, Brazil, yes, we, we have a lot of synergies with the US. Um, and some of those synergies are, are the ways that the states, the individual states themselves have dealt with um, the pandemic and, and they're dealing with that. I'm very happy with how Sao Paulo uh, has really uh, grasped hold of this. And of course, Sao Paulo is where uh, the event is taking place. One interesting thing that I will say about Brazil and, and whilst we're, we're playing catch up with the rest of the world, um, it does have some advantages in that it is the world's biggest national health system. It has a public health system for 200 million people that works. Uh, and more importantly, it has a vaccine, a historical vaccination program to roll out various different vaccines uh, across Brazil. So it has the biggest, most evolved vaccination system in the world. It's some 30,000 vaccination stations across uh, Brazil. But of course, Brazil is an enormous continent and Sao Paulo uh, to Manaus is, is a vast, uh, vast distance and, and quite different worlds. Um, events as a whole, uh, I, I feel very strongly and very passionately that as professional event organizers and one of the world's leading event organizers and certainly the, the leading travel event organizers, protocols, safety and security of our uh, attendees is not only paramount, but we want to be leading the way in terms of delivering safe and secure events and exhibitions for the future. And we believe that events and exhibitions 
are very, we can control those environments and we can control the experience for many people in other ways that, that many other sectors can't. Um, so whether it's to do with density, uh, whether it's to do with checks that take place, uh, whether it's to do with mask usage, uh, hygiene, we really can control all of those situations and the communication levels with them. And then to answer your question, I think, yes, you're absolutely right. We, I think travel as a whole, we will see much more regional travel in the short term. Um, so, uh, of course, our events will be uh, more regional uh, to a certain extent, but all of our events will have a hybrid virtual element to it that allows for that continued international connection so that when we're exactly what you're talking about, rebuilding and restarting travel, we've got to prepare for that because what we do know is certainly on a leisure aspect, that travel will boom uh, back. The, the discretional spend that people have, the power of that discretional spend will be faster spent on travel than it will be on many other stuff. Um, of course, I, 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 especially here in Brazil, I've been in my shorts and my flip-flops and t-shirts uh, all day long, and I'm not buying my suits, but I will be, I will be buying my travel and buying it in a big way, uh, faster than I will be spending on a, a suit and a tie. Yes. Yeah. If I could um, add something to that, Simon, I think one of the important things to remember when you look at these statistical analyses are, they're not equal distributions across the country. So there are areas of Brazil that have some real issues with COVID, and there are areas that you're not going to have those same problems. Even in the city of Sao Paulo, which is a very advanced city, part of Sao Paulo, where a, this type of convention would be taking place, has extremely good hygiene, et cetera, et cetera. Now, there are other areas called favelas, where you're going to have a very different form of situation. But we have to be really careful when we look at the statistics, because internationally, we group a whole country together. And in this case of Brazil, it's like saying all of Europe. So um, I, having worked on the Olympics and on the World Cup, I know that when the Brazilians want to put on a show, they put on a good show. And uh, we really worked hard to make sure that both the Olympics and the World Cup went off without a hitch, and we did. So I'm absolutely confident that somebody could go to Sao Paulo, and unless they were looking for trouble, they would be able to go and come back without a problem, assuming they take normal precautions. I love that, Peter, and you're absolutely right. And I think even before when we were talking about it, you were alluding to the fact of the difference between Rio and Sao Paulo, for example, and Rio being undoubtedly one of the most beautiful cities on this planet. But uh, the difference, for example, with Rio is that you, know, you have the richest people and some of the poorest people in South America living side by side. Sao Paulo has a very different makeup where you have quite a large uh, part in the middle of Sao Paulo, which is, which is very developed uh, and very wealthy. And unfortunately, that, that the, the poverty lies on the periphery of our great metropolis here. So it does make the experience of the city very different, the two cities. 
Americans, especially North Americans, have trouble understanding that the wealthier people live in the city and the people who live on the outskirts who really are where you're going to have more situations. Uh, of course, for those who don't know Brazil, people say that um, people earn their money in Sao Paulo and spend it in Rio, um, which is on some level true. But on the other hand, some of the best restaurants in the world, great museums, and wonderful shopping exist in Sao Paulo. So if you've earned your money, there's lots of places to spend it. And now, when, when you also the timing is, uh, I'm quite curious about the timing because the event is planned for August. Now, in many US states, like here in Hawaii, I expect my shot, and I'm not in a priority group, unfortunately, um, be able to get it in June, July, what is right before August. And I think this is true specifically in North America uh, for many and possibly also in many other countries for the same. Was So you, do you think the time is ideal to concentrate and attract people that actually had the COVID shots that um, maybe might be able to travel more uh, with more an easy feeling than um, possibly taking a, a, a chance. I, I think I have to be very honest with you. I think we wanted to start 2021, all of us in January, with a lot more certainty. Uh, and, and still we're taking everything day by day uh, in terms of uh, certain uh, uh, where, where the world is at and how the world is progressing. And, you know, I, I sit and look back at my friends back in the UK and my family and, of course, uh, you know, the vast majority of, of my connections are already being vaccinated and I've got many friends vaccinated in the US uh, as well and progressing at incredible speed. Um, but who would have expected Europe to be trailing behind uh, the UK? But of course, the UK still has its troubles with its numbers right now. So I, I think we're just going to, we're, we're going to have to watch this space. Uh, and I think as long as we would say, uh, you know, at the end of the day, our jobs as event organizers, we're actually relationship brokers. We're putting the right people together uh, to do business. So we're making sure it's easy for people in the travel and tourism business to do business. Now, whether that platform is physical or whether it's virtual, that doesn't matter. It's about the connection that we put people together. Of course, we, we want for, uh, physical events, but it won't always be uh, possible. So those people that can't physically travel to the event, they've got an alternative option. So we're going to run the physical event here in the first week of August. A week after, it will be open to all the same people, plus all the international people, certainly non-Latins or non-South Americans, for example, who aren't able to attend, can, can do so through the virtual event. And I think I saw the same is true for the Arabian travel market, because you have two different dates. You have a physical date, and then I think you have a, um, a virtual date coming up after this. Now, for those attending physical, we had a session uh, and some articles uh, on Etobo News uh, just about a week or two ago, and it, it was about the type of mask people should be wearing. Like, for instance, uh, we've talked to a pharmacist in Germany, um, who explained that in Germany, the um, cotton masks were they're quite common here in the United States are no longer 
are really legal to work. You, you have to go with what they call FFP2 mask, what is similar here in the US to N95 or possibly in China, KN95 or Korea, N94 mask. So these are more secure masks that actually meant to protect not only the people around you, but yourself. Uh, now, coming to Brazil, and I have no idea what the requirements are in Brazil, but as an international organization uh, doing a trade show, wanted to keep people safe, would this be a requirement uh, to enter your premises with a secure mask and not just uh, any mask? So I, I think one of the first things to point out that I, uh, again, I'm also very proud of Brazil and the, the, the Brazilians uh, and very different to my home country, the UK, uh, is that culturally mask wearing in Brazil is everywhere. So the minute you step outside your door, everyone is using a mask all the time. Uh, whereas, you know, I would go to, go to the UK and and certainly in August, and when the numbers were incredibly low, people were not using masks and they were not using masks outside. So I, I think that gives me confidence. What we're doing is we have a set of standards and a set of protocols that are consistently evolving. Um, now, there will be a certain level of responsibility that will be placed on the individuals uh, and we won't be, uh, we won't be, uh, running a kind of a police state in terms of in terms of the events but we will be uh, setting out a list of expectations and protocols and educating as people as things move along and the closer we get to the events so I think those protocols and those announcements will be rolled out from June July and into into the event immediately prior to the event as well but mask wearing will be will be uh, will be obligatory throughout. And I see some activities here in our chat group. Uh, so if you have any questions, uh, instead of writing it on the chat group, um, just raise your hand and uh, you can be part of this discussion. So before you get the courage to do this, let me just uh, welcome Marika Donato. Uh, Marika is running our uh, interest group for tour guides and uh, she wants to say a few things and also alert you to the role of tour guides in the world and an upcoming event we're doing together. Welcome, Marika. She's in Florida, in, in my, in my, in, I'm sorry, she's in Washington, Washington DC. DC. Washington, DC. Go ahead. I don't know if, can you hear us? She might okay. be here. There she is. Okay. Is it okay? Can you hear me and see yes. me? Yes, we can see you. Go okay. ahead. So everyone, welcome and um, thank you for you know uh, inviting me to come today. This is a very interesting conversation, but I'd also like to invite all of you to come to uh, on Monday, February 15, at one o'clock Eastern Standard Time, when we're going to promote the International Tourist Guide Day. Okay, so it is a day that we celebrate the tourist guide around the world. And yeah. Go ahead, uh, Jurgen. No, and that's wonderful. You can actually sign up at worldtourismevents.com or you can easily go to the WTN website, click on interest groups and you find um, the tourist guide interest group um, Micah is leading. And there's also um, 
a, an article about the upcoming event. And we had some wonderful events. Actually, we went through the inauguration in Washington and were guided by local tour guides and they had some great stories to tell. So I'm wondering, since we have WTM here, uh, how are tour guides involved in, in World Travel Market Exhibition? There's such an um, interesting bunch of people and they're everywhere in the world and they have a lot of stories to tell. Uh, probably would make an event like WTM a lot uh, uh, very interesting and can add to a lot of the fun. Uh, are you guys working together at all? Is that question for Simon? Yeah, let's go, let's go with Simon here. I'm going to add him to the spotlight here. <laughs> uh, hello, hello. Martin, of course, we'd be delighted to work together. And, and actually, well, uh, as you were talking, I was reading some of the comments as well uh, and was loving Yenny Horowitz's comment about how Sao Paulo has the biggest gay pride in the world, which is absolutely true. Uh, and it's quite surprising for many people. And Wolfgang's comments about how Sao Paulo is, is not for a tourist. Um, I would say all of my all of my British or foreign friends that I brought to uh, Brazil, Sao Paulo was the greatest surprise for them. But to do Sao Paulo, you really need a tour guide. Uh, as a single solo tourist, you couldn't do it alone. So the role of tour guide, 100%. And, and of course, we're, gonna, we, we're going to need tour guides to show our international visitors, even if they're, they're our neighbors from Argentina, how wonderful Sao Paulo is for, as Dr. Peter said, gastronomy, museum, architecture, Oscar Niemeyer, uh, these these kind of wonderful things. You also have a great zoo there and the World Center for Snakes, for people who are interested in poisonous snakes. Um, <laughs> which is, I know I kind of shocked you there, but if you're interested in any of the forms of um, jungle animals, etc., that's a really wonderful place to learn about them. The other thing academically is the USP, the University of Sao Paulo, is a really world famous um, center not only for uh, Brazil but for all of Latin America and it has consistency consistently really great um, programs that are going on in um, Sao Paulo at the university so that's so if you want to find a, a full week of activities in Sao Paulo you can do it in a city of 11 million people you won't be bored no, it's definitely not a boring city. I can tell you the last time I've been to Sao Paulo was many years ago before the internet. And actually I had an office for a while. Um, and we did, um, um, we together with a friend from Peru. So I remember Sao Paulo very well, a great city. And I'm, I'm sure it has changed over the last 40 or 30 some years. Uh, so I'm, I'm hopefully we can make it out there. If I get my shots, I definitely wanted to attend this event. I wanted to recognize also Professor Snow White in Serbia. She's now joining us. I can see her face here. And she uh, actually is in charge of our educational interest group. Welcome. How, how, how is everything in Serbia? Can you turn your microphone on, please? No, you're, you're still muted, I think. There we go. You hear me? Yes, sorry, I unmuted it. Good evening from Serbia. It is much better now because vaccination is going on uh, very good. Uh, Serbia is on the second place in Europe by vaccination. We 
are doing that very good. We got uh, half a million of vaccines today. And uh, last week we, we got about 1 million of vaccine. So people are now better. Uh, Revaccination was uh, starting uh, uh, this week. So we are going to at least, I think at the end of the March, we will have about 30 or 40% of the population vaccinated, which is very good for uh, tourism because then uh, you can travel uh, around. And uh, I just remembered because World Travel Market is the uh, history of my working in, the, in tourism because I was uh, at the very first World Travel Market in London because I was working for Yougoters London at that time. And I remember that uh, uh, that evening in the Commonwealth Institute, it was the very first uh, World Travel Market in London. So uh, uh, I think that it is uh, uh, very important for us uh, for starting this uh, uh, tourist markets uh, all around the world. If we can't travel, then we can do it uh, like this uh, virtually, but it is very, uh, important, I think that we are not going to stop uh, with that, and uh, because of that, I joined this session as well. I'm, I mean, I'm joining all session of World Travel Network because I think that this is a very important for all of us. And the uh, people in Serbia are uh, now hearing about the World Travel Network, and they are asking me, and I hope that a lot of them will join, which is very important for us. But uh, let's go back to, to the subject and to the point. Uh, this is very important for us if we can uh, have all travel markets uh, this year. Uh, but uh, unfortunately, we can't. For example, a travel market in Belgrade uh, every year it was in February. This year, they announced that it is going to be in April travel market in uh, Belgrade. I'm not sure that we can do it uh, in a classical way, but I'm sure that we can do it uh, uh, online. So I will uh, uh, try to help them as well. So we can, uh, I will invite over all of you when we have uh, actually uh, everything uh, about uh, this travel market in Belgrade. I would really like to go <clears throat> to Sao Paulo Paulo, because I have never been there. I've been to Brazil, but I haven't been uh, to that part of the country. So uh, this is uh, from me for now. And of course, I will join. I will join on the 15th of February for a, a tour guide uh, uh, evening. Uh, as I'm also, as you know, I'm uh, Jurgen knows that I'm a licensed guide as well, although. I'm a university professor, but uh, my starting, uh, when I was starting uh, in tourism, it was in London and the first tourist market was uh, World uh, Travel Mart in London. So I'm really uh, very, very, it is very important uh, travel market for me. And I, uh, I'm going every year to London, even now, uh, on my diary, uh, beginning of November is for London. So I hope to go uh, to London this year in November. Thank you for now.
Yeah, and, and it's really, we're starting kind of uh, with a clean slate. You know, this corona really has brought the world to a halt and Reed seems to be setting a trend, uh, seems to be setting a new way of uh, showing the world how to um, create or continue um, you know, the world travel market in under different circumstances. So I think we're all very interested to find out how uh, Reed is doing this. And uh, of course, everyone in the industry is supporting this, but um, we're also very concerned about the safety. So hopefully WTM can send a, uh, set a trend here. We have a gentleman here, and I don't know if I put you on the spot, Ruben, but uh, Ruben is joining us from Argentina. And um, I'm just wondering, how do you feel? Are you going to go to Sao Paulo? Uh, do you have to unmute yourself? If you... There you Hello go. Hello to everybody. Uh, hello, Jürgen. Thank, thank you very much for the uh, invitation. Well, if I have the opportunity, of course, I, I will join uh, WGTM. I was in, in uh, prior affairs uh, uh, there, of course, also in, in, in London, but, but also in, uh, in Sao Paulo, because uh, for us who are here in the, in the region, I am based in uh, Buenos Aires, Simon. Uh, I don't know when when you have been here uh, for the last time. Many, in, in, many times. In since Wales, I moved yeah, to yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, definitely I, beautiful city. <laughs> yeah, mm -hmm. I'm also very often in uh, uh, in Sao Paulo. There, there are many customers there, so I hope to have the opportunity to let's see in in, in August how uh, uh, this. Uh, the situation evolves uh, with the vaccination, uh, with uh, well, with uh, all of us uh, having and taking uh, care. And um, I mean, the fair is very important, but more important of all for all of us is that finally uh, tourism begins begins uh, again to. Uh, to go and and uh, and the people, many people. I don't know who just wrote. I think it was Wolfgang who said uh, uh, many people are uh, want want to travel. They they want to. Um, they are uh, dreaming to to travel, and I hope uh, all of us we can uh, make the, all that dreams reality. That uh, people really. Um, can have the, the chance and the opportunity to travel all over the world, and, and, and uh, that this this activity also uh, uh, recovers uh, finally this year, next year. I, I mean, recovers. I don't. I don't want. I, I don't want to say when or what, but I hope uh, to to recover. Uh, for all the, the players in this in this industry, I mean, for the uh, fair organizers, for the airlines, for uh, uh, us who are consultants and travel agents, and uh, of course uh, tour guides and uh, all over the world who restaurants and uh, I don't know hospitality and the airports and transfers, all 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 are affected. All are affected. We must think and that and and i hope uh, the the opportunities is uh, going to be 
to to recover this uh, activity. So uh, thank you very much for this uh, opportunity, Jurgen, and I hope to I hope to have the opportunity to say hello to uh, Simon and Natalia. Hey, thank you very much, and my friend uh, Wolfgang uh, Wolfgang is. Um... Uh, with Skoll in Dusseldorf, Germany. And I'm actually a member of his Skoll club, even though I left Germany back in 1982. And um, I was born and raised in Dusseldorf, so it's my, my, my hometown still. And uh, when I saw that uh, he had a question, of course, Wolfgang, you got the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, good evening from Germany to all of you. Uh, I dig very deep in this matter because uh, I organize a worldwide survey with the worldwide call organization which will be rolled out end of february about questions uh, how do local entrepreneurs think about uh, how tourism can be started and the digger i deep the more i am convinced by the, the the very positive thing is the demand is there obviously people want to travel um, which is different to the business travel because they are very uncertain in business travel, how much of the business travel will be substituted by virtual activities. Tourism basically cannot be substituted. It can be in and on now, but it cannot be substituted. That's a very big advantage. And the second point I want to make is there won't be a big bang as from tomorrow on, everything is possible. No, it will be step by step. So uh, um, every destination, everyone who offers services, and, and I agree, it's such a huge, tremendous, we have the official uh, people who make money and even more, we have unofficial people making money in Brazil, in Mexico, even even in Mallorca, people are jobless in Mallorca now, one of the richest uh, destinations. Crime is uh, increasing in Mallorca now because people don't have money to feed uh, their, their families. So things will be step by step. So every destination must make a plan how to do it step by step. And at the beginning, it will be with a lot of restrictions, definitely wearing mask, keeping distance, uh, uh, vaccination, yes or no, which is a very big ethical, political, tourist safety uh, issue. And um, so everyone should be aware of making a step-by-step -step plan how uh, when things open step-by-step. -step. For instance, you must have volume and time control even at churches, at museums, at public places which are crowded, at the beach of Rio de Janeiro, when I see that people won't go to places who are crowded in Venice, in the Karlsburg, in Prague, and all these places. Yeah. So you must be aware you go with a group, you want to do an excursion, and the area is blocked by police because the, it's crowded. So how can you organize your tours? So I think there must be a much more digital control what we have for hotels. Uh, and for planes and for trains, there must be digital control and access permission uh, uh, for places of tourist interest. Restaurants, for instance, definitely. It can't be that what you, what you see now, every place which opens, long queues outside. Because everyone wants to go there. 
and then they they say okay we can accept 50 people now you have to wait until someone comes out one in and you have long queues at supermarkets at, at department stores it can't be that all the movement is controlled by police and you have your security staff and, and all this so you must have a diggle system and say okay you can book to visit this church for two hours then and then take your choice you get your uh, a ticket on your mobile phone uh, and, and then people don't go there if they don't have this access permission you invite the queues outside and the queues outside lead to pack crowds and no distance and you are in the mess this is something which i think is very important for reviving uh, or revitalizing uh, tourism yeah thank you wolfgang and anyone wanted to comment uh, feel free to do so i have jacob La Sisi, and I don't know, Jacob, where are you joining us from? You had a, you raised your hand. Go ahead. Yep. Where, where are you at, uh, Jacob? I'm joining us from uh, Delta State in Nigeria. Welcome. You had a question. For this opportunity, I'm really glad to be part of this organization. Uh, I'm a lecturer. And also, I'm into all these traveling agents uh, agency. Uh, talking about the restriction that have been placed on us by COVID-19 in Nigeria, here it has not been easy. The major reason being that uh, we are constrained, especially when it comes to movement. And I know that the effect of COVID-19 affect that much in Nigeria but due to corruption in our leadership. So they place everybody on hold. There's hardly any tourism activity going on in Nigeria. You see people hanging their nose masks around their, their, their jaw, not covering their faces, but actually uh, it becomes a necessity for you to put on your nose mask, even when it's not serving the purpose it's intended for. So uh, we are looking forward to a situation where the effect of this COVID-19 can be caught once and forever. Because in schools, there are a lot of issues going on. You can hardly have any free movement to impact of COVID-19. And that has brought about uh, negative consequences on the tourism industry in Nigeria. Almost every offices are locked down. Not that the coronavirus is affecting us that much, no but the corrupt, the corrupt leadership in Nigeria has not really allowed us to actually tackle this issue the way it should. Thank you so much. That is just my contribution for now. And uh, I hope with time, I'm going to know more about the activities of World Tourism Network. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jacob. And you might want to uh, be part of our meet and greet event we have on the 28th of February together with the African Tourism Board. And uh, we're going to be talking all about Africa and so forth. And as you know, the African Tourism Board I'm very much involved in, uh, we started at the World Travel Market first in London, and then officially at the World Travel Market in Cape Town. So WTM is an important part. And I understand WTM Africa this year will be held virtually. Uh, so these are all events um, I invite you and everyone else from Africa to be part of. It's okay, I'll be there. Thank you, Simon. I want to emphasize, 
I think it's uh, <laughs> sorry. Okay, go ahead, Peter. I, I wanted to emphasize, um, I think at the very beginning of this discussion, Simon probably hit the most important point, and that is that it is not so much just travel, it's relationship building. And in order for the economics of the world to begin to reopen, then we have to be able to have interpersonal relationships. You can do a certain amount on Zoom, but you really need to be on a, um, have, you don't have quality without quantity. And that quantity comes when you spend time at, talking at a booth or going out for dinner or having a cup of coffee together, et cetera. That's where it's really the importance of that type of market is. And we cannot just think of the tourism impact. We have to think of a total impact of the economy because when tourism goes down, much of the world's economy goes down. If we take the normative concept that each dollar has a multiplier effect of about $7 into, into, into a large economy, then what you're saying is if you have a trillion dollar loss, you're really saying a $7 trillion loss by the time you work through the system. That's an incredible amount. I just made up that number, but that's an example of, of what a number might be. The second part of that is, is that when tourism is not producing and we're only using Zoom, we're not paying taxes. And that's gonna put us into a very difficult economic situation because governments are printing money, but they're not necessarily taking in money. And eventually that's going to create another economic situation. So in order to get the world's economy moving, we have to get moving. And uh, part of that is the whole secure, I, I work obviously in security around the world, but part of security, I think somebody mentioned is crime rising in Mallorca and other places. Um, in order to maintain good security, you have to have economic viability. So um, I would argue that the world tourism market is not just a tourism market, I, I accept the name, but it really has a more important role even that which is at re-initiating the world's economy and getting us back to interfacing with each other so that we'll be able to create a better economic situation. And that's where I really think Simon's point was so important about it's not just tourism, it's relationship building. Thank you, Peter. I don't know, Simon, if you wanted to add to it. I, I just, no, I just really I, wanted to Thank everyone for their comments from Wolfgang, Ruben, uh, and Dr. Peter. I, I'm just loving talking to you all uh, and hearing really great opinions. Uh, and even if there's some diversity in those opinions as well, I think it's really fascinating. Actually, with, with, with my other event, uh, uh, ILTM, we produced a piece of research in June last year uh, which is called, uh, I think you'll find it, iltm.com slash universe, which talks about the power of the travel industry and actually the global impact of the travel industry and how, how many people the travel industry employs uh, in comparison to the automobile industry. So some 60 million people versus 5.6 million people. Uh, the, the, the real impact and the fact that 90% of the businesses that we're impacting are small uh, and medium input, uh, businesses or micro businesses, uh, in, in certainly in cases, uh, 
such as Brazil, uh, etc. So yeah, the the we we as the travel show are, are barometers of these industries. So we want to we want to be uh, uh, we want to be doing incredibly well because we know when we're doing well, the industry as a whole is doing incredibly well. But since you mentioned I, IOTM, uh, maybe I'm look. I'm at your website. Uh, um, it's it's about luxury tourism. That's what IOTM is, if I understand this correctly. Um, tell tell us a little bit more about IOTM. I know we're talking when you know we're talking about uh, travel shows and world travel market. But uh, what is IOTM? Sure. Um, and IOTM was actually born out of world travel market. So. Uh, and, and to, to our professor friend in Serbia, uh, I don't want to give your age away, but uh, WTM, I think it's 41 years old, or uh, the next edition will be the 41st uh, edition. But um, in 2001, really when we started to see major growth from the luxury travel industry, uh, particularly from tourists from US and the UK, uh, a lot of the hoteliers really started to focus in, uh, on agencies that were beginning to specialize exclusively in luxury uh, and luxury leisure, uh, et cetera. So uh, ILTM was born as WTM, where we created an invitation only event uh, with a fully hosted by a 100% pre-scheduled appointment event in Cannes in the South of France in December. So we, we we take some 1,800 uh, hoteliers, destinations, crews, private jets, uh, and so on, so forth suppliers from, from some 90 countries around the world to meet on a one-to-one -one basis with uh, some 1,800 personally invited and selected luxury travel agents from 75 countries around the world to sit and do business. So we've had platforms uh, that have been uh, using algorithms to create meetings between people with like-minded uh, necessities for, for, for over 20 years now. Uh, ILTM in Cannes generates 52,000 pre-scheduled appointments. Uh, so we, 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 I guess we've been a digital company much, much longer than we realized, but um, we've just speeded up a, a lot of our, our digital uh, evolution uh, in the past year or so. How, how do you see the luxury travel market? Uh, and Because, uh, of course, th these days we're all ex expecting that niche market somehow, and luxury could be a niche, of course, um, have a chance of, um, um, have, you know, are in a different boat altogether. We had a, a session a, a month or two ago with the uh, Minister of Tourism and the head of the tourism board from the Seychelles, uh, we work with, and we talked about luxury travel and private jet. Um, the Seychelles uh, allowed tourism arrivals with private jets while the country was closed for everyone else. So what is different between the luxury market and the regular traditional travel market? Is the luxury market killing the small guys or the medium guys, or are there helping the small and medium guys? How is this playing together? So uh, you're going to get a lot of great questions there. Um, I think, you know, when we, 
ironically, uh, and uh, so a lot of people will agree or disagree, um, that uh, uh, the wealthy are coming out of this pandemic quite, quite well, with quite a lot of disposable income still in their back pockets. Uh, we've seen great, uh, so Biden is introducing massive economic packages. Uh, a lot of the wealthy, of course, incredibly wealthy as a result of Trump. Uh, the stock market has done incredibly well, uh, so on and so forth. And this is not just in the US, but uh, all around the world. Um, we, when we talk on a luxury level, there's kind of three different types of, of luxury clientele. Um, there is a, a natural assumption to, to assume uh, when you talk of luxury that it's just ultra luxury, um, which is, you know, uh, people who are, who are traveling to the Seychelles on private jet when it's closed. We are definitely, undoubtedly, uh, and I had a, a really fascinating exchange with Wheels Up in the past few days, uh, seeing a massive growth in private aviation because it is secure, uh, because I think people's greatest fear a lot of luxury travelers' greatest fear is to get stuck somewhere. Um, so private aviation not only allows for safety and security, but accessibility or the ability to return home uh, at ease. Um, my personal opinion is that uh, I guess you've got the consumers two schools of thought. One that tends to be leaning towards a, an independently owned, operated, uh, type of property versus uh, uh, those who who are going for the safety and security of a big brand. I really think it's 50-50 right now. Um, we're, we're, we're seeing uh, perhaps independent wealthy owners of, of hotel, luxury hotels um, in a much stronger position than, than major brands that are managing hotels. So it, it's it's hit and mix, but I think um, uh, it, uh, but I don't think for sure. I think the luxury traveler will will definitely come back. It will be one of the first niches to come back. And we've talked as well about the the, the uh, LGBTQ traveler who are, who are sometimes more adventurous. But I, I also wholeheartedly agree with Wolfgang's point about great open spaces. When I traveled in, in, in August and, and, and avoiding over tourism, I went to, to, uh, to the far north of Scotland, uh, very remote. And I think luxury travelers obviously have the ability to go to remote uh, destinations where they know they're, they're, they're not gonna be uh, overwhelmed with tourists as well. Now you brought up an interesting subject, and I, I assume at the world travel market in Latin America, this kind of reflects maybe also the picture of exhibitors. It's luxury, LGBTQ, and um, and and other markets. Now, when since you brought up LGBTQ, I always had a concern, uh, and this concern is in regards to the Middle East and the Arabian travel market. What Arabian travel market, in my opinion, is one of the best organized and most respected markets, but it doesn't, like all the other travel markets you're involved in, includes LGBTQ because we're talking about legality. Um, so I'm wondering what Reed as an influencer, specifically, I asked the same questions to WTTC many years ago and to UNWTO, um, 
and they both made statements, but it hasn't changed. Now, since you're a global organization, you have a global responsibility. Uh, how do you, um, what do you do to also uh, include LGBTQ travel at events like the Arabian travel market? Are you in discussions or are these like no, no discussions in that part of the world? You know what, Lucy, uh, we have proud experiences, our event proud experiences, which we launched, we took to New York. Uh, and what I was really amazed with was to see a number of properties, internationally renowned properties, or, or in fact, a, a Dubai headquartered properties such as, such as Kersner International, uh, who has properties in the Maldives, uh, in, uh, and obviously a large number of properties in the Middle East. Um, as well as other properties from, from lesser known, lesser obvious uh, destinations, but a lot of properties from Maldives, for example. Uh, private sector in the local destinations needs to drive this, and we need to be able to sort, support them in driving this. Uh, and I've seen, and I'm not sure whether it's you, Jürgen, who put the question to uh, one of the, the ministers in uh, ministers of tourism in Abu Dhabi, who diplomatically says we accept everyone, uh, we everyone is welcome. I, I did this with a few ministers of tourism, also <laughs> for Uganda, and we're still friends in Uganda. So, <laughs> well, and and you look, know, we 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 saw what happened with the Dorchester collection and Brunei, uh, the power of uh, the collective response and the power of, of the, the travel industry can and does have a uh, make a difference. Um, we've seen it in India as well uh, in, in recent times. So uh, I, I understand that uh, change uh, in the Middle East uh, is slower uh, and, and not just LGBTQ issues, but around women in travel, which is something else that we celebrate uh, enormously. Um, so uh, I'm confident change will come. Uh, I absolutely agree that we have uh, a responsibility uh, collectively um, and a responsibility to use our shows as a, as a platform to as drivers for change. And we definitely see that. And that's really why Proud Experiences came about. Um, uh, hopefully one day soon we'll, we'll be traveling in the Middle East uh, uh, comfortably as, as gay couples or, or LGBTQ families. And I think that that's one of the important things that's changing everything. It's not just about the gay individual traveler or the or the the, the gay couples. It's the fact that people have gay children or they have gay parents, and so it is di very diverse uh, these days. And uh, one of the fascinating statistics that we use is eight percent of baby boomers identify as LGBTQ, um, whereas. 31% of centennials, that's 1997 onwards, identifies LGBTQ. And that the, what's really shifting it is the Q. Uh, the Q, which is either queer or questioning, don't put me in a box, I'll, I don't know what I am, I'll fall in love with who I want to fall in love with, I'll, and, and that may change on a regular basis, um, et cetera, so on and so forth. So people are going to have to pay attention, they're going to miss out because it's potentially a third of everyone's future clientele. 
I agree in this world is fast moving, especially Corona opens up opportunities in this way, not only with LGBTQ, if you also look at the situation in the Middle East, now a peace agreement between Israel and the UAE and other uh, Gulf region countries, who would have ever thought about it before Corona? So I think it's a, it's, we're, we're living in a time of um, unexpected opportunities as bad as the times are. Um, and we're almost out of time talking about time, but I'm wondering, if, exhibiting at the world travel market these days, with the economy being um, down, with the tourism, um, many in the tourism businesses uh, losing jobs, uh, how much is it uh, compared to how much it was before to exhibit at WTM? And what do you expect is the return to the dollar or the euro or the pound? In investing in um, uh, becoming an, an exhibitor at uh, one of your events. Um, so what I, what I would really say to that actually is um, with WTM and certainly what 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 we have seen historically and what we're seeing right now is that tourism we're seeing now more than ever. So I think my dear friend Ruben and, and Argentina as a tourism board, for example, we spoke to them a couple of weeks ago and they said. We need to get information out there. We need to be clear with the travel trade. What is happening in Argentina? What will be happening in the future? Where are we at with vaccination programs? What is open? Uh, when will we be open? And so on and so forth. Uh, and I think that's the point. It's going to be more important and critical than ever. So we're going to see governments who act and behaving responsibly, investing in supporting their tourism travel trade, those who really understand that it is responsible for one in 10 jobs in their country and their economy, they will invest and they will subsidize the private sector. Um, the private sector is uh, in a terrible situation right now. Um, it's not gonna be in a great situation in terms of the first half of this year. Hopefully we all see something some improvements or some money starting to flow to a lot of these guys beyond domestic uh, business for the second half of the year. Um, so uh, we all need collectively to continue to work with the tourism boards to drive the importance of uh, tourism boards and governments investing in the travel and tourism industry and investing in promoting their countries abroad, supporting the private sector to do so. Um, I won't answer your question specifically because we have a range, a vast range of options uh, with, with each of the events um, and they, they come in, uh, I work in three different currencies, uh, reais, uh, pounds and dollars, which uh, sends my head into a spin, certainly at 6.30 in the evening. Uh, so forgive me for that one, and especially with our fluctuations. No, I, I didn't, of course, mean to give us rates here or anything like this. Uh, and I think uh, you have a good point that tourism boards should um, be in business to keep their destination open, because now the world is going to become more competitive as ever. Uh, last night, we at Etobo News published um, a study done by the Pacific Asia Travel Association uh, that in, in the best scenario, 
in 2023, we can expect, I believe it was 92 or 94% of our business back from 2019. But uh, in 2021, that's when your first Latin America and uh, Arabian and hopefully also the London exhibition will take place. This number is only like uh, 17, 18%. And the worst scenario, I better not mention. Um, so um, I'm, I'm sure that WTM, ITB, and everyone else out there is contributing um, to helping uh, this world, this tourism world, to reopen. And um, I know it is essential to do this in a responsible way. Otherwise, we're going to close it for even longer. There is some good light at the end of the tunnel because we have the vaccine. Hopefully, the vaccine is stable with all the different versions uh, they are now around of uh, this awful virus and uh, we're all in this together and uh, as long as we um, stay in this together I think we can succeed it and um, I, I know we're almost out of time so Peter I want to give you kind of the last word here and Thank before you. of course we, we give uh, Simon um, the very last word to say goodbye to everyone. Well I just I'm not going to speak long because I think we've spent a lot of time talking but I want to thank Simon and I also want to thank Natalia for all of their work in bringing about uh, the world tourism markets around the world. Um, I think we, what we started with is where we should end. And that is that this is all about creating the relationships that will allow economic activity to once again start. No one knows what the future will hold, but if we all work together, hopefully we can have a major impact in shaping that future. So thank you all for having listened. And again, you know, if you can get to Sao Paulo, um, I might like to do it again. I go to Brazil all the time. Um, I really encourage you to attend. So good luck. And Peter, before I forgot the most important part, I'm sorry, it's such a fascinating discussion, but I wanted to let everyone know if you just tuned in or you missed some of our discussion, this was a very interesting session. You can find it archived, just go to worldtourismevents.com and you'll find this and many other events we had in the past. And uh, someone told me, where can I find it? Because there's only one page, just click, click on view all. There are two view all, one for past events and one for upcoming events. We have a number of events coming up like the tour guide, like the African. Uh, we have an event about wine tourism coming up, I think in two days from now. And uh, there, there's a lot more. So just tune in and stay tuned. Uh, you will also, if you watch it on eTurbo News right now, good chance it will repeat itself because we're repeating it uh, 24 for the next 24 hours. Uh, so you can uh, watch it again and uh, tell everyone else. So worldtourismevents.com. And if you're not a member yet of the World Tourism Network, uh, you should become a member. They're both free and uh, paid options. The difference is with the paid options, you get access uh, to everything and with a free option you can do an observer and just go to wtn.travel w for world tourism network wtn.travel and you can join us also if you uh, wanted to easily find some of our past events specifically in december and if you don't want to go all the way back down pages on our 
um, World Tourism Network, there's also worldexpo.travel, worldexpo.travel. Uh, you find a lot of our events uh, we had in the past. And with this, I wanted to say thank you for, to everyone for watching and give uh, Simon, and spe specifically, thank you for Simon. And I hope uh, we can work together. I hope also Reed will join WTN. Um, so there's not only a WTM in your mind, but also WTN. We would welcome this. And maybe you wanted to lead a special interest group on events because we don't have that yet. Um, I think uh, you would be well qualified to do this. And of course, LGBTQ, we, we also don't have an interest group on this yet. Simon, thank you. And the last word is yours. Listen, thanks so much. Uh, as I said previously, I just love the conversation. I'd love the exchange. I'd love hearing everyone's different opinions and I'd love hearing from people from across the world. It's been, uh, it's been a long time since I chatted with people from Germany, Dusseldorf, and uh, uh, Nigeria, Serbia, the US, all in one place. And I really, really appreciate it. Please keep in contact. Um, we'd, love to, we'd love to be uh, one of your uh, committees or, or leadership groups in terms of events and LGBT. Q definitely, um, and please do follow us on WTM.com as well. We've got a great hub there as well. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, guys, and uh, hopefully we see you in two days at our wine event. If you're interested in wine and champagne and in taxation of this, uh, you should watch. Good night, good morning, goodbye. See you later. <laughs>